Welcome to episode two of the Been There, Lost Fat podcast. Real education and advice from people who get it. We've been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. I'm Sarah Fucinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me. Here are my assistant coaches and certified nutritionists, Jess Valoy and Taylor Nobles. Hello. Yeah. Happy to be here. <laughs> um, I was going to say something along the lines of, well, we worked through all of the technical difficulties in episode one, um, but that would be a lie because we've been working through technical difficulties for about 20 minutes now. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully that's not setting the tone for the rest of the podcast and we're not going to jinx episode two here, um, but at least we have a level of comfort. So silver lining here. Um, figured since we uh, started with episode one, got a little comfy here, we would bring in some fresh meat for episode two. So joining us today are Renee and Billy Dollar, our Fit With Me elite personal trainers, and I also call them mom and dad. Hey, Renee and Billy. Hi, love. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hi, and she doesn't just call us mom and dad because we're the oldest people. We really are her mom and dad. That's right. Wait, that's <laughs> so funny that you say that because... Uh, one of our clients, Lindsay, who trains with Billy often, um, she actually thought that I like just in jest called you mom and dad up until what, like a month ago. And she's been around oh. a while. <laughs> yeah, I only trained her for like nine months. And she thought I was just, she thought I was just called dad because of old, my age. Old man. Pet name for our mature, <laughs> mature employees. But now that we got that all cleared up. Um, we brought Renee and Billy, and I'm going to call them Renee and Billy because I think that that's easier for uniform reasons. Um, but it's funny, people always say when I reference them, Renee and Billy, they're always like, is that what you call them? When I reference them, I call them by their names. But when I speak to them directly, I call them mom and dad. So <laughs> in case anybody's wondering, we could clear that up out of the gate. Um, so we're here to talk about gym intimidation, getting started at the gym. Um, I think that everybody is probably setting some lofty goals for the new year as we do. And so instead of just setting goals, we're going to guide you on actually reaching those goals. Um, and we're going to start by talking about gym intimidation. Um, before we dive into our topic, I will let Renee and Billy introduce themselves. We'll start with Bill. Give me a little recap of your health journey um, and your experience and why you're here. Well, I have always been very involved in exercise, particularly weight training. I was a very big kid. In fact, by uh, eighth grade, I was six foot two. Um, I disappointed a lot of basketball coaches along the way because I can't hit the broad side of the barn with a basketball. <laughs> um, but I've always been a big guy. And I was attracted to weight training and always, always weight trained. But in spite of that, I was on a weight roller coaster um, throughout my 20s and 30s and a big chunk of my 40s. My weight would swing from between, are you sitting down, 260 to 180. Holy cow. And I would get from 260 to 180 using the simple Billy D with the capital S on simple approach of one chicken breast a day. I would come home from work. I would throw a chicken breast on the grill and that was my food for the day. Now I could lose a pound a day. I could lose a pound a day, 60 days, 60 pounds, 80 days, 80 pounds. But guess what? I was losing mostly muscle. So what I wound up being when I was thin, I wound up being just skinny fat, right? I was in somewhat shape. I was strong. I was always a big guy. 
but I was skinny fat. You know, I didn't have any definition. I was just skinny, like a, like a junkie type skinny. So just to make a very long story short, at one point I was on my way back up because it was truly a, I had every size suit that they make. Um, and I was at about 260. And pardon me, I was about 235. 260 would be the top. And at 235, I said, you know what? I got to stop the madness. I am just going to be the healthiest 235 that I can be. I'm going to redouble my efforts with my workouts. I'm going to eat like Renee eats, which I've been doing now for 30 years. Um, and I'm just going to be healthy. I'm going to be stopped focusing on, oh, are they size 38s or size 34s? Um, and just by making that adjustment here and changing my entire approach, continuing to work out, continuing to try to live healthy, just modifying the food part, all of a sudden I turned around, I was in the 34s. Uh, um, as I'm sitting here now, all these years later, I'm in 32s. And it just was part of that big mindset change. So that's where I sit now. I was always very interested in the science behind bodybuilding. I gained an enormous amount of knowledge, mostly for my own purpose. And now that I'm kind of sort of retired and Sarah has me as an intern, um, <laughs> I'm starting to apply some of that knowledge. And I've, I've trained quite a few people through the team and I love it. I'm having the time of my life. I love watching people progress and I love sharing my knowledge. That's it. That's as short as I could go. <laughs> it was perfect. Renee, you got you to measure up to that now. Go for oh, it. Oh, goodness. Well, my, my story is a little bit different. Um, I've been in the fitness industry for 35 years. Uh, what brought me to the fitness industry was vanity. After I had my second child, Sarah, um, it wasn't so easy to get back into shape. I was never an athlete, but I always... Um, wanted you know how I, just to be fit and I found that just by diet alone it wasn't working so I got involved in aerobics <laughs> and I became an aerobic instructor good old step aerobics I was on the forefront of that um, but then I also noticed the bodies in my classroom were not changing and I got involved in bodybuilding because that's where you really saw um, changes in a body when you start putting muscle on so my journey uh, went from doing aerobic classes to lifting and really changing my physique that way. Um, of course, diet has always been an integral part of that. Um, I, I have trained people as far as people with physical limitations to athletes. I've had the privilege of judging in bodybuilding competition, um, but I am a tried and true strength training coach. That's where I... It's not the cardio that changes your physique, it is strength training. So I've been doing this for quite a long time. And of course, um, a couple of years ago, Sarah asked if I would come join her team. She said, how do you feel about working for me? And I went, oh, what do you have in mind? Well, now I write the strength training programs for Team Fit With Me and um, love what I do, love coaching people. Just as an aside, um, when I was asked to join the team, I think I actually asked to join the team. Um, uh, Sarah agreed it, agreed to it, but um, she stipulated that I report to mom. Uh, 
She did not want me reporting. Girls club here. <laughs> um, I will say that one thing that was really fun about your step aerobics days was your outfits. She oh had the cutest, all the things, the like the thong leotard over the leggings, the, all of yeah. the well, I remember cute. that's a childhood memory of mine. Was her choreographing these classes in the cutest outfits. <laughs> well, remember back in the day, I had to make my own tapes. I had a tape deck, two reels. I had um, records. I had to do the beats per minute. So that was insane. Oh, wow. And those outfits were quite something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that everybody's been properly introduced, thank you guys for sharing your stories. Um, since we are in January, well, we're technically recording in December, but everybody's going to be listening in January. Um, we know that a lot of focus is going to be on health and fitness. And I think that is great. I think there's, you know, we all talk a lot of shit about new year's resolutions, but truly whatever, there's never a good time to start. And if this is your time, then go for it seriously. And I like having a block of time. I break things up with clients in quarters and months and weeks. So it's nice to have that, that set of time. And so definitely, um, hit the ground running here. Um, we all know sitting here that there's nothing intuitive about this lifestyle. Um, it's something that is taught and that is learned and that it can definitely be nerve wracking to be a beginner and to be kind of a small fish in a, in a big pond. Um, and we touched a little bit on gym intimidation in our last episode. And I think there's a lot of reasons why we don't follow through with our new year's resolutions. And some of it can be this confidence um, and fear and not knowing what to do. And so we'll start off by defining gym intimidation. Renee, go for it. All right. Basically, gym intimidation is gym anxiety. People that have so much anxiety as far as walking into a gym environment, even if they have a home gym using their home gym, um, it, it is overwhelming and it's normal because you're stepping outside of something that you, you, you just don't know. I mean, you, there's nothing, as you said, intuitive about going into a gym. So it can be very intimidating. And also when you walk into a, an environment like that, you don't know what to do. And there very rarely is there somebody there proper to guide you in what to do. You also feel very self-conscious, like, oh, everybody's looking at me and they really care about me. Well, they don't. When people are in a gym, they just care about themselves or focused in on themselves. So getting back to that question, it's really having anxiety about going into a gym or starting any kind of physical fitness program. And it's well, not think... to be a beginner. I think that we, I think sometimes, I think when especially it comes to this health and fitness thing, we set unreasonable expectations. We think like we should know how to do this. It should be a light switch where just like learning anything, it's you're, you're not going to be good at it in the beginning. You need to set that expectation that you truly are a beginner and that you're going to have to practice. And there's going to be lots of repetition and that everybody else in that gym environment has been a beginner too. And one thing I remember my dad saying to me, oh shit, I said, I was going to call you Billy. Um, one thing I remember Billy saying to me, um, was that, you know, we're also scared of like the fittest people at the gym. And this has been tried and true. They are the people that are the most friendly that totally are there to help. If you want it, they're not going to walk up and give you unsolicited advice or anything like that. I think that's another fear as well. Yeah. But to that point, and you know, when, when Renee immediately made the, you know, the, the move from gym intimidation to anxiety. Okay. I think those two words 
are totally interchangeable, right? Now, the reality is anxiety is, an, is a necessary part of life. Um, the squirrel in the woods that has no anxiety, that's the first squirrel that the hawk eats. So in order to be safe and to have productive lives, we need a certain amount of anxiety. But there's a special category of anxiety that's called social anxiety. Even some of the benzos that they make, the, the, the tranquilizers, clonopin is meant specifically for social anxiety. So social anxiety is in its own special category. And it's really, really exacerbated, if you, you'll excuse my language, um, when we go into an environment where we have to perform, we have to do something, okay? It's one thing to join a book club, right? And you're a little bit uncomfortable. You have a little bit of social anxiety. It's people you don't know. Are you going to make a fool of yourself? Well, the reality is you, you have a lot of control over your participation in that book discussion. You can sit there and say nothing. Um, in a gym, you're going there specifically to do something. So your fear of potential embarrassment goes up geometrically. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I would say, apropos to Sarah's last point, is I used to do a fair amount of public speaking. And I would be nervous beforehand. It's, it's normal. If you're not nervous, there's something wrong with you. Like they asked the, a great actress, do you still get butterflies? And she said, yeah, but I make them fly in formation. <laughs> so you're, you're going to be you're going to be nervous. But one of the things I found very effective is I knew I wasn't Tony Robbins. So I would let the crowd know that I was nervous one way or another. I would say things like, I'll try to speak loudly enough so you can hear above my knees knocking together. Ha, 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 ha. And all of a sudden, the whole audience would be on your side. Like, oh, we're no longer looking to throw arrows at this guy. He's nervous. So the same thing can be true in the gym. Great to bring a buddy. Get somebody else to come and be your gym partner. It'll also keep you going. It'll keep you going to the gym. But even more important, don't try to pretend you know what you're doing. Go in there and be perfect the same way I was with my nerves and speaking. Go in there and say, I'm a beginner. Renee and I have been playing golf for five years now. Whenever we get paired with another couple, the first thing I say to them is we're beginners because I don't want to set that expectation too high. And, and then, then they you hustle up, don't you? They, what's that? And then you hustle up. Then you I hustle do. By, up. By, the, by, the th by the third hole, we start talking money. So anyway, I went off a little bit there, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, so I think that we should all be very real here of uh, have we experienced this? And I think I'm going to start with Taylor because we touched on this in the last podcast. Taylor, have you experienced gym intimidation? And feel free to elaborate on that as well. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, I remember even when I first started, I mean, OK, so going back before Sarah, I only went to cardio machines. I would only go to the elliptical or the treadmill. I would do nothing else. I didn't even look at the rest of the gym. Like all I know is cardio and I'm going to get there and that's it. Um, but then starting with Sarah, I think I lied to her for the first like two weeks about doing my strength training because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I can't get into the gym. Like I get in there and then I just, I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to be that person reading the instructions on the side of the equipment. Like that's what I was stressed out about. So it actually 
ended up one of the reasons like Sarah and I connected more was um, because she came to the gym and helped me figure it all out. But really now I love it. And now I have no problem going to any machine and being like, okay, do I use this one? How do I do this? Um, or whatever, like it, but at first literally wouldn't even look at anything. I just, just focused on the treadmill. I knew how to do that. I know how to walk. It'll be fine. I even for a while, I think I fell off of the Stairmaster and I stopped going to that one. I was like, nope, I'm gonna look like a fool. I'm just gonna go straight to the treadmill. I'm not gonna do anything else. <laughs> We've all had bloopers at the gym. And now I'll also say that Taylor travels all over the place and she will go to a gym like in any environment, which is which is also has another level of gym intimidation because it's one thing when you know the lay of the land of your gym. And you know where everything is. When you're walking around like a lost puppy at a new gym, it takes another level of confidence too. For sure. Jess, any gym intimidation for you? Oh yeah. And I think this also um, speaks to having the right kind of support at the gym. Um, because I've been in situations where I, you know, have hired um, professionals before I found Sarah um, to help me in the gym. And, and they were a little bit out of touch with what I was capable of at 320 pounds. And it would be like, okay, we're going to do a hundred burpees today. And I'm like, how long do you got, dude? Like I'm 320 pounds. We're going to be here for a while. And you expect me to do a hundred burpees. Like, so I, I think that researching and finding proper support, somebody who understands where you're at and what your, your limitations are and what your modifications are. And that's what I've really enjoyed with working with uh, Renee and Billy is, they understand, you know, what my postpartum body is capable. They understand where I'm at with my, my limitations and, and what my movements are and, and correcting them even virtually. It's been, it's been fantastic. I, I can remember being on a virtual call with Billy one time thinking I'm doing this movement. And I was like, it just doesn't feel like enough. It just doesn't feel like I'm working hard enough. And then I woke up the next morning walking like a cowboy and I messaged him and I was like, I don't know what kind of magical something that you did here, but <clears throat> I think, you know, not having the proper support or having bad experiences in the gym adds to that gym intimidation. So really, really searching out and finding good support and a good buddy to go with you, I think is, is vital to, you know, continuing to go and, and proceed on your journey. Yeah. All right. Renee and Billy, I know you have to dig into your mental archives a little bit. Do you recall having any gym intimidation? Okay. So um, it's been a lot of years since I have felt intimidated in that environment, but absolutely. I remember when I actually sought out an expert in bodybuilding and I sat across from him and I'm like, I want to do this. I want to learn about this. And, um, him saying, I think you're, you know, your physique, you could do this. And now it was time to go into the gym. And I said, who is this guy? What are you talking to this guy for? <laughs> <laughs> to this day um anyway and I so I do remember going into that gym and being intimidated and even now I just changed gyms um maybe four months ago and there was a piece of equipment that I had never used before and I'm circling in and I'm looking at it and I look it up online and I even asked one of the trainers at the gym can you show me how to properly use this piece of equipment and I wasn't intimidated in that I wasn't afraid to ask it didn't prevent me from doing it but now it's like one of my favorite pieces of equipment. It's a hip thrust, thrust which I did not have in my other gym. Oh. 
But you know, you want to make sure, am I doing this right? So you seek out the advice of a professional. So I never had it. When I started going to the gym, um, I was about 18 years old, 17 or 18 years old. And it was far from mainstream back then for people to go to a gym, right? There was no LA fitness. There was none of this, you know, foofy planet fitness type gyms, um, not to cast aspersions on those gyms. So where I, my first gym I went to was actually in a converted gas station. Um, and the, the pull-ups were on the old car lift. And it was, it was as hardcore as you could get. But the reason I had zero gym intimidation is my sister happened to be married to one half of the pro wrestling tag team called the Rock and Roll Express. So my brother-in-law was a professional wrestler and he introduced me to resistance training and walking into the gym with a guy who's 280 pounds with a 32 inch waist and you're clearly his guy, doesn't make for a lot of intimidation. <laughs> um, as the entire gym would part as the, he would walk down the aisle. Um, and I would just walk behind him like the equipment guy. Um, so I never obviously felt intimidated, uh, but I get it because I am a little bit of an unwilling uh, anxiety expert. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, what's so funny is that I would say that I definitely had gym intimidation, um, which you wouldn't expect because I grew up like going to gym daycares and stuff with, with Renee and Billy. And I like, so it wasn't like I was, I had never been to a gym before. And any time that I had attempted to strength train, it had always been with one of them. So I knew that I was doing it right. So it wasn't even like I was so scared of, 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 of executing the movements wrong. Cause I had that basic knowledge, but when I started training my, by myself, um, a, I had that confidence issue of like not knowing the lay of the land. I also was a national sales rep. So I had to go to different gyms a lot. So adding to that lay of the land fear. Um, and I also wasn't comfortable in my body. So I just like, wasn't confident and it was hard for me to put on the costume as I call it, um, and go in there because I felt like an imposter in a lot of ways. And so I think that was another thing, even though I had like seen so many gyms and been to so many gyms. I still was really intimidated by the environment because I felt like I was out of place there, I think more than anything. Mm. Um, so I think that a good thing that we should jump into is just a little myth busting here because we're, we've all, we're all sitting here saying, you know, we don't do cardio lift weights. I think we can all agree that there are places for everything. And if we're talking hierarchy, as far as being a healthy, lean, fit person, no, non-negotiable nutrition is going to be king. Um, strength training is going to come after that. Cardio is still important for your cardiovascular health and should be used as a tool in moderation. But I think that a lot of people still have the impression, and especially a lot of women, that, well, if I lift weights, I don't want to get, I bet somebody could complete the sentence for me. Bulky. Look like a man. Bulky. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be bulky. So I, now, Renee, I'm sure you're <laughs> a lot of Good time. luck with that. <laughs> well, so, but, but that, that's, we have this image in our head of this, you know, steroided out, juiced up woman that probably in her lab work looks more like a man. And that's, well, if I start training, that's what I'm going to look like. And so Renee, myth busted. Okay. I wish, I wish it was that easy to put on that much muscle, but it's not. 
Now, a woman can't look like a man unless she's doing certain drugs and not to poo poo that. If that's your goal, if that's what you want to look like, that's fine. But we are not built that way. Hormonally, we cannot get large. So that, that's one of those things that, yes, it makes me crazy. For years, um, people, I don't want to get big. I'm like, well, am I big? Because I think right. hard and heavy and have been for a lot of years. And no, I'm not big. I have great definition. But there's only so much size naturally a woman can put on. So ladies, do not worry about that. We are, we're just not built that way. We don't have those hormones. And really, truly, the best and only way to increase your, your metabolic rate is to increase your amount of muscle mass. You will become a metabolic wonder, and cardio is going to work again. Excessive cardio, I should say. Um, we'll do the exact opposite and be burning muscle. Um, and I think that another thing that we all get so focused on, especially as we are setting New Year goals or whatever goals they are, um, is we get so focused on weight loss. And that I think we need to shift our focus from number on the scale to body composition changes to fat loss, because there is a difference between weight loss and fat loss. And sometimes when we're losing fat and gaining muscle simultaneously, it doesn't result in that scale number coming down. And we find ourselves very disappointed by that. And then we quit because we say, this isn't working. I'm doing the diet. I'm lifting the weights. Why is, why am I not losing weight? So I think that that's another big thing, especially if you're going to become going all in with nutrition and strength training of recognizing that there are different ways to track your progress. And I think Billy could probably speak on this and about everybody really could, um, of, you know, how do you track your progress if you are prioritizing strength training and the scale maybe isn't moving? Well, it did you really, for any endeavor, you have to have metrics that are going to enable you to monitor your progress or the lack thereof. Um, clearly the scale, a traditional weight scale is not the answer because muscle weighs more than fat. And if there's an exchange going on, you're liable to get a number that you really are not happy to see. Meanwhile, you're doing really well. On the other side of the coin, some of these inexpensive scales that are supposed to also track body composition, eh, I don't know about those. I think there are easier ways to track your progress. I'm a big proponent of measurements. Measurements are, they are what they are, right? It's good if you have a partner to help you measure your different part, points on your body. Um, still with all the expensive equipment out there, still one of the most effective ways to measure body fat is with a $3 plastic caliper, as long as you do it properly. So I think having those metrics and a way to monitor your progress. How do your clothes fit? You know, mm, and that kind, of, that kind of segues into another point that I like to make to people. And that is, um, every time I lost weight during my roller coaster years, it was precipitated by buying a pair of bigger pants. Mm -hmm. So I'd be walking around trying to cram myself into a size 36. And guess what? That made me feel fat. Wearing those tight pants made me feel fat. And when I felt fat, I acted fat. And what does acting fat mean? Acting fat means eating too much. Yeah. So I would invariably I'd go out and I buy a pair of 38s and I'd walk around. Oh, I'm so comfortable. This is fabulous. I don't feel fat anymore. Maybe I won't have that. Maybe I'll eat a little bit more healthy today. And those 38s would be gone in three weeks. 
So, you know, what you are, what you think is what you wind up being. You know, I always say you want to, you want to adapt to being a couch potato. Guess what? You're going to look like a couch. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, and I think that that's a big part. I mean, the, we know that mindset, if it was simple math, we would all be thin. We would all be fit. We would all be rich as fuck, but we're not because there's a big mindset game behind it. And, it, and when it comes to like tracking the progress and when it comes to your self-talk, um, you know, I've, I've never met anybody that's hated themselves to the, the body of their dreams, you know? Um, and I think Jess is actually a perfect person to talk about different ways of tracking progress because we literally call Jess's scale cunty. We have coined the name because she is a bitch. Um, and so Jess, in your experience of, and especially after having weight loss surgery and losing a massive amount of weight and seeing that scale go down, yeah. um, what, like, how do you approach tracking your progress at this phase? I mean, I'm, I'm with Billy on the clothes don't lie. Um, so that, that has been my, my biggest form of, of tracking is keeping track of, of clothes. I've got all, you know, I'm, I'm very similar. I've got all the different sizes from, you know, my size eights all the way up to my size 16s. And, and we've, we've bounced around through them. Um, but um, I, I've been pretty steady with my clothes sizes, even though my scale has been all over the place lately. So that, you know, that to me tells me that I'm on to the right onto the right thing and that I'm, I'm doing what I need to be doing as far as my nutrition and my strength training and all that. And I, I listen more to how my clothes are fitting and feeling, how my energy levels are, how my sleep is, how my digestion is looking at these outside things more, you know, health focused rather than numbers focused. I think, um, anytime I get too focused on the numbers or time, that's when I get frustrated and we start throwing things into the fuck it bucket. And, um, we, we don't, we don't want to go back to the bucket bucket. We want to, you know, stay on course, have a little balance, um, you know, enjoy things here and there, but yeah, clothes 100% are my, are my go-to because I, I have one of the most manic, um, scale tracking progresses I think I've ever seen. So, yeah, well, as, as Jess's coach, <laughs> Um, I can tell you that she fluctuates probably more than anybody I've ever met. Jess will not sleep well and the scale will go up six pounds. Imagine if she was tracking her progress just by her gravitational pull. She would be on the quite the roller coaster. Um, Taylor, what's your favorite way to track progress outside of the scale? Um, my favorite one is looking at old pictures. So when I first came to Sarah, I was eight months postpartum and I still looked five months pregnant. And I was the same weight that I am now. And I don't have that big old five months belly anymore. So like anytime I'm feeling like, dang, this scale is like frustrating me because it's, it stays in the same 10 pounds. I always go back to my progress photos and even before Sarah or whenever, just, I start looking back and I'm like, okay, look at how far you have come. Another one is like how strong I am now. Like I was weak and flabby before and now like I'm able to lift really heavy so those Taylor's, are meat. Taylor's a total meathead now it's so great yeah. it's my, my, my greatest life's work can I, can I ask I, a, yes can I ask a question yeah this question this question is for the three primary coaches um how prevalent and this speaks to mindset but how prevalent in your interactions with clients um do you find that a big part of the problem is that they do not feel personally entitled to have the body that they de- desire. 
There's something in them that makes them feel they don't deserve this. And I think that's where a lot of double crossing happens. I mean, I could be wrong. Well, I think that loops perfectly into the, you know, like the I am statements. Um, you know, I have a lot of people that'll sign up and they'll say, I am an all in or all out person. Well, you just decided that you were. So yeah, you're, what, what's, the, what's that quote that I'm thinking of, Dad, that like where you're like, whatever you say you are, you're, you're right. No, or whatever. You're, you're right. You're, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. Yes, that's exactly what that's exactly what it was. I think that wraps it. That that really like resonates with me when you ask that question. Is that everybody has this like picture of who they are, um, and that's I think that holds them back a lot. Um, Justin Taylor, I'll let you guys chime in too. I don't know that I've ever really had that conversation with a client, but it's a it's a really good perspective, and and it has my wheels turning, and I'm wondering how how often I do that to myself. Mm hmm. I mean, mindset is a huge part of it. And I think that that is why Sarah brought in a mindset coach specifically, because like the other quote that there is, is whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And it's absolutely true. I mean, <clears throat> just like when you have too tight of pants on and you're like, well, I'm already fat. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to go and eat, eat the cheeseburger or whatever. Like it, whatever you think you are is what you are. So I think that's why it's perfect that we have all of us, plus we have our mindset coach to really wrap it all together and get people where they want to go. Wait, yeah. cheeseburgers are bad? <laughs> you know, I'll eat three of them. <laughs> I would like to chime in a little bit yeah. as far as the scale goes, because for me, and I've never been a heavy person, I have been heavier, um, and I want to say leaner and not as lean, oh, I, I, now I maintain a certain leanness, but when I get on the scale, which serves no purpose, because we always have this magic number in our mind of what you want that scale to say, everybody's got that number, we're all guilty of it, but I can tell you, I get on the scale and it's light for my number, I'm like, I'm losing muscle. Oh my gosh, I'm losing muscle. And then it's like, okay, so then if it's more heavier, I don't sit, pat myself on the back and say it's because I'm gaining muscle. It's like I'm getting fat. And so there's no, nothing good that comes out of a scale. Um, <laughs> just well, just you're using it, depending on what you're using it for. It could Correct. be <laughs> like for Jess, it's a good tracker of inflammation and stress, you know, Absolutely. So it's just like, depending on what you're using it for. Totally. I'm, I love the scale at my dispensary. <laughs> well I think, uh, I think a good question to ask uh ask clients sometimes is if today the scale magically gave you that magic number that you were looking for and you look the exact same as you do today would you be happy mm -hmm. oftentimes the answer is no so that that tells us that you know the scale isn't the end-all be-all even even for ourselves well, and I think going back to just like working backwards on that. Okay. So I have this number, what, but then we, we have this, this idea of what this number translates to. And it's also like that thought of, you know, I won't be happy until, or I won't allow myself to participate in this event or do this until, um, you know, until I hit this weight. And so I think we put limitations on ourselves, but we also don't really back into, 
um, how we arrived at that number, because that number, is, I mean, it is a number, but it's, it's linked to maybe a feeling or maybe, you know, confidence or all of those things. And I think that backing into that um, really helps when people are formulating their why as well, because it usually does start with that number, but it's not really about that number. I will say that over the years, my number was always like 130. And then I got down to 125 in my very early 20s, which is a little bit easier than your 30s. But um, I got down to 125 and like I felt too skinny. I was like, I don't know, I'm very small. And I had other people tell me that I was too skinny. Um, but now I don't really have a number in mind. I have a feeling in mind. Like I want to feel comfortable in my clothes. I want to feel like if I go out, I don't have to wear my like stand up pants. I can actually like sit down and enjoy myself and not everything's going to bulge out. Like it's more about a feeling for me now. Like I just want to feel comfortable and love myself more than be a size zero. Yeah. All right. I'm going to guide us back to the gym, but I am going to touch on your, it was easier in my twenties comment, um, because it really has nothing to do with your age. It has to do with what you have done. Let's say in the past 10 years, and we've talked about how many dieting attempts you've made mm -hmm. and that's down-regulated systems. So you're now in a stage of your journey that you're working on getting your systems fired up and your body to work for you like it did 10 years ago, but it has nothing to do with you being in your thirties. So I think we need to just make sure that that is okay. well known across the board. <laughs> that's also when I would like literally run for 30 minutes a day, like 30 minutes a day, all cardio and just everything. Oof. Um, all right, let's get back to talking about the gym and training <laughs> since we have our experts here. Um, so I think a good spot as we're, as I'm watching the clock here as well is for us to give a little guidance on, on where to start, you know, do we need to be, um, in a gym environment? Do we need to hire somebody? Like, where do we start? And I will let you guys decide who's going to take the mic first. Start. Well, I think that's a very difficult question to answer. And I think the answer is different for different people. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always wildly amused when I see a couple in the gym, in my age group, and the husband is training the wife and they're doing the most preposterous things. And, and I want to walk over to the wife and I want to say, you've known the man for 40 years. Has he ever gone to the gym? No. <laughs> Do you think that just because he's a man, he somehow intuitively knows how to work out? So that's one end of the spectrum. You know, let's get help from a friend, right? Husband, spouse, partner, neighbor, whatever. The other side of the coin is, what does the facility have to offer? Um, what kind of trainers do they have on staff? If you're going to take that route, it's typically the most economical route. Um, and there's a reason for that. There's a pretty good chance that trainer um, was flipping burgers two weeks ago. Nothing wrong with flipping burgers, but he or she is not necessarily an expert and is not necessarily qualified to teach a person how to work out safely. So I would put a lot of the onus on the membership people. Who's going to walk me through this? What are their qualifications? What comes with my membership? Can I ask questions along the way? Um, but it still is very, very difficult because you could wind up with somebody that that's going to injure you. 
well, how do you know? Like how, if you, if you, if you walk into a gym, you've never been in a gym and you say, you know, I'm, I, I know that I should hire a professional so I can learn the skills so I can be number one safe. And so number two, it can be effective. So I'm not wasting my time here, but you don't know. So you sit down with the trainer, like, what do you ask them? All right. Let's, let's say you want to put an addition on your home, right? You want to know their qualifications. You want to know their licensing. You want to know their insurance. Oh, stop right there. Yeah, I'll tell you that the least interesting thing or the least, uh, the lowest value thing about me as a nutrition coach are my certifications straight up. The certifications are bullshit so that I can have insurance. My real life application of actually helping people on my uh, continuing ed is really what's helped me. So is yeah, it the same way? To, that, well, no, that comes to, and I probably should have skipped over the certification piece, um, references. That's what I was thinking. Mm. And I and and actually contact them. I mean, it's pe people ask for references and they don't have the nerve to make the phone call to check them out. I once had a contractor give me a reference. And when I called the reference up, the guy said, this is a joke, right? <laughs> and I said, well, no, he gave you as a reference. He said, I'd like to kill that guy. <laughs> so, but the guy was relying on the fact that very few people call. So I would say right. the answer to the question is qualifications for the trainer references is number one. You also asked the question, um, how do you know whether gym or at home? Well, if you would have told me before COVID that you could have gotten a great workout with bands and all of that, I would be like, you're kidding me. Well, we were kind of forced to do those things. And as being part of the team, we have a kit that we recommend people buy if they're more comfortable in a home environment. Um, there's no right or wrong place to work out. It's the place where you're going to work out. There's no better time to work out. It's the time that you carve out for yourself that you do that. Um, so I don't think, I mean, a gym, you have more toys to play with, but if you're not comfortable, then set yourself at home as far as choosing what to do. Well, Team Fit with me, we got to say we have the videos through, you know, the app that we use. Um, but also we have trainers and, you know, Billy's going to train people and show you how to properly use that equipment and then teach you these skills, which we know are not intuitive, to either teach you what's safe, which is the most important thing about hiring a trainer, um, is safety. And, um, and then whether you want to work out at home or transition to a gym environment, once you feel more comfortable, they're both great, great, great ways to get your fitness in. So Renee, I've now done, that, Renee, I've now you done three. I'm sorry, Seth. No, that's okay. It's your turn. Mike on you. Um, I just did three, my third in the gym workout where the client took their, took me on their tripod and we worked out in their gym. And I can tell you that they went off without a hitch. It was very, very easy. I had to take a Dramamine so that uh, as, they, as they carried me around the gym, I didn't get seasick. <laughs> Um, but it worked out really, really well. Um, the important thing was they had headphones, so the whole gym wasn't hearing me, but it was really like, I was really pleasantly surprised at how easily we were able to navigate the gym environment without anybody even looking sideways at the, uh, at the client. And by the way, I'm going to get them for their tripod. 
I'm going to get them like a service animal vest <laughs> so that they can. <laughs> I will say, uh, and I, I do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to loop back to kind of what you do, Billy, because I want you to explain how the virtual training works. But I also wanted to talk to Renee about um, if somebody's starting, is what's the value in doing a maybe buying a program online versus having something that's customized and programmed for you? Is can can you just buy something online and get started, or should you yeah. do you really need at the beginner a customized program? Optimally you want to have a custom program because all of our bodies are different. Everybody has something, <laughs> um, an ache, a pain. Um, but even putting that aside, we're, we have a very customized approach. It's not like um, you're going to go into a gym and I'm getting off subject, I'm sorry, but, um, and just, and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, I'm getting off subject. Talk about your consultation process. Right. So when I actually speak to somebody, I've had the opportunity to go over their intake form, which you've done. So I know a little bit about that person. Then when I speak with, with them, I ask them the questions, you know, how much time do you want to commit to working out? And some people want to just, you know, they've signed up. They're all enthusiastic. They're like, I want five days. It's like, no, you don't. And it's like, no, you don't. Let's, let's start up, you know, and you don't know what you're doing. So when I get somebody new who doesn't know what they're doing, I want to teach them. I want to teach them about their bodies and doing that very slowly. And then building on basic knowledge. When I get somebody that's really fit, I want to challenge them. So buying something that was already written online without taking the individual into play is doing not is doing them a disservice. It really so is. So would you equate that to signing up for a cookie cutter diet plan, signing up for Weight Watchers, signing up no. to figuring out no. uh, at their boat? No, but my point being that it's doing you a huge disservice Absolutely. by taking a cookie cutter or something. Yes, absolutely. Because as you say, and Dr. Chris says, we all have different machines and our machines work differently. Mm -hmm. And when you, and we want to look at your machine and how it runs, whether it be, you know, through your nutrition or through your fitness, what's right for you. So there's nothing that, that is, should be one size fits all just doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. Jess, did I, did I cut you off before? Did you have something to say? Oh, I was going to say, I haven't stepped foot in a gym in over five years. I, I have been exclusively doing the, the home program and it's been, it's been great for me. Um, I, I think I'm the only one in this group that doesn't regularly probably go to a gym. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, th I want to say probably like maybe 60% of 50 with me clients work out at home. Um, and then a lot of them, or I should say a handful will either start building out their home gym if they want to get more toys or they'll, as they're comfortable training at home, maybe they'll do some home and some gym options. And again, that's all customized to the client's needs, preferences, uh, goals as well. Um, Billy, I would love for you to talk about what virtual training is, because I think that it's not something you see all that often. Um, in this case, it kind of removes the, am I hiring somebody that actually knows what they're doing? Because you can probably find, have more access to more of an elite style trainer. Um, but like, talk about how it works and, and what you do 
um, so that we can so, so we can spread the word a little here. All right. Well, this would be a subject for another podcast, but you don't know the things that I've witnessed. <laughs> and we'll just we'll come back to that for a whole nother podcast. But really, it works a billion times better than I ever would have thought it would. Um, essentially, because we and when I say we, I mean you guys, because I had very little to do at this stage. But the fact that we have a relatively standardized kit of exercise equipment, mm -hmm. the fact that within that little suite of tools, um, we can train the entire body very effectively. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are certain benefits to the elastics and the resistance bands. And we could talk about that another time. But I think one of the things is, you know, with a weight, as you get further away, it gets easier. With a band, as you get further away, it gets, it gets harder. But mm -hmm. putting that aside for a second, um, the key becomes initially having the client understand my approach to their training program, uh, which always starts with safety. And I won't make you sit through the other four points. Um, I, I usually need to put them at ease because, and this is a very interesting point apropos to what we talked about earlier, um, gym intimidation doesn't only exist in the gym. Mm -hmm. I find I very often have to spend a lot of time putting the client at ease and making them feel comfortable, making them feel comfortable about being in the exercise clothes. Maybe they're not accustomed to being in exercise clothes. Um, just making them comfortable with the process that I'm not a gym, a, a, a drill sergeant, right? I'm not going to stand over you and, and, and scream at you. Um, I, I, I said to one woman the other day who seemed particularly, shall we say, meek, I said, let's not call me my, let's not call me your trainer. I said, because that sounds like I would have like a whip in a chair. I said, how about if we call me like your guide? I'll be like your guide. Um, so really, for me, the emphasis is on initially giving them a good workout, letting them learn what they're doing. One of the things I say all the time is I don't want you to do 10 of these because Billy said so. I want you to do 10 of these because you understand exactly why Billy said so and what we're trying to accomplish. And again, I can tell you that I never would have guessed that it could be this effective and evidenced by the fact that the feedback we get from the clients is the same. They feel like they're getting a, a workout. They're saving a ton of time. No travel mm -hmm. to gym, no travel back from gym. Um, and I do, I'm pretty flexible with my, my schedule. So um, it works very well from that. Yeah. Did, I, did, I, did, I answer, did I answer Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I mean, the proof is in the progress, really. I mean, like everybody, uh, everybody's been making some amazing gains as far as strength. I mean, I, I see clients that are, you know, that are lifting heavier. I see them check in with these nice round shoulders. Um, that didn't happen just from the nutrition. There's definitely some strength going on there. Um, I've never had a better home workout than the workouts that I had with Billy. I, I, I was working out with Billy two days a week when I was getting back into um, strength training after I had my, my second child and trying to get back to being consistent. It kept me consistent because I had an appointment that I needed to make. So it wasn't just an appointment with myself. I was taking his time. So it helped me to be consistent and show up um, and then he also helped me to make sure I was tapping into that mind muscle connection and I was getting a more effective workout with limited time, having two small children. It's really important to me that my workout is just as much time as it needs to be and effective. 
So that is really, it really bridged that for me. So I wasn't wasting time trying to figure out how to use this equipment at home or in a gym. He showed me exactly what I needed to do. I've never had better cues from a trainer. Um, so it really, it really made things um, work really well. And like I said earlier, there, there's been times where I was working out with him and I didn't feel like I did much. And then the next day I'm sore all over and I'm like, well, how did this happen? <laughs> Oh, you're only saying that. You're only saying that because it's true. <laughs> uh, and Taylor can speak on that too, because Taylor, um, even though Taylor doesn't do the in-person training, uh, all of her training is customized. So Renee writes all of her plans. And I know that there are different times and places and stages where your feedback to make the adjustments to your plan have been really important. So if something comes, do you, does anything come to mind that maybe where you've gone over something on a console with Renee? I don't know if anything comes to mind right this second. I remember being that person that said, give me five days, but it was mostly because I wanted to get away from my child for an hour <laughs> for five days in a row. And she was like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. You can have four. And I was like, all right, fine. I guess I'll spend time with my kid for a little while. Um, but no, I think it's been great um, because at first I kind of just like did whatever she told me to do. And then now I'm like, well, what if we do this? Like, can we add this back in? I also remember being like, please don't give me lunges. I'm done. I'm done with lunges. I don't want to do them. And then this past time I was like, you can put those back in if you want. <laughs> I actually like them. So I don't know. I, now I really enjoy being able to have it pieced together to where it's a fun time for me. Um, and doesn't feel like I'm doing it because I have to, I'm doing it because like, this is great. I'm having a good time. I want to go to the gym. When I write a program, when I write a program for somebody, um, I always ask the question, what do you like? What don't you like? Whether it's the first time around or whether it's months into it, um, because I'm never making anybody do burpees, Jess, just so you know, that's <laughs> never, ever going to happen on my watch. Um, but I want to know. And then after I write a program, sometimes people just are not comfortable with the movement. It doesn't feel right for their body. And I want them to reach out to me. And I always say that, don't be shy. Don't wait for me to check in with you a month later. Um, tell me what doesn't feel right. We can either work it out. Maybe their form's not right. We can do a, a Zoom call or maybe it's just not for them and they need a different exercise. That's fine. Um, it's important that as for me, somebody's just writing their program and the client have a good line of communication open. So I don't want them not to be doing their training. I need right. to hear from them. And some people want to work out. Some, some people want to work out at their desk. They have a little time during their, all right, fine. I'll give you a desk workout. Some people travel, they're going to travel with their, okay, fine, let's do that. But we want to keep you training no matter what. So we, we're very flexible yep. as far as adapting programs. Consistency is key across the board. And then we do want to be challenged with our training. If you just straight up hate it, you're not going to do it. And I think we need to remember that, you know, we're not putting people on a bodybuilding stage where they have to do lunges if they're hating them right now, or if it makes their knees hurt or whatever it is. So there's always that fine line as well. Mm -hmm. All right. So to wrap it up here. Um, we're going to, I'm going to use this as our end question. I think every, every week, um, but it, it's originally coined from you guys. Cause we used to play this game. Um, if one food was calorie free calorie and consequence free. So any digestive issues looped in as well, what would it be? You want to go first? Um, yeah, but 
first, I would like to say that we used to play this game in the car. <laughs> and, and my answer has been the same since the beginning, and that's macaroni and cheese. And I want it, but, but I just want it to be good old mac and cheese with the crust on the top, the whole nine yards. And I want to be able to eat it until I just can't look at it anymore. <laughs> now, just as the, my, my little aside was, Sarah, thinking she was so clever, she would choose pizza. I, I'm interested to hear what she's going to say now. But she would choose pizza because her thought process was, then I can put anything I want on it. <laughs> That's true, though. So it's like, it's like, no, no, no. You have to choose one particular kind of pizza. Anyway, <laughs> Renee's turn. Um, mine is cheese, but anything but goat cheese. I do not like goat cheese. Your so, answer has changed. Your answer used to be cereal. It used to be cereal. cereal. Oh, that's right. I forgot so that. Is I, ha I have cereal now all the time. And it's just, <laughs> a, you know, a particular kind of cereal. It's and not I, Fruit Loops. And I also do not, <laughs> I, you know, I don't deprive myself of anything. If there's something that I want at this point in my life, I have it. I, I, I don't have the desire to binge on anything. But cheese for sure. As long as it has nothing to do or has never been near a goat. I love that. And I love the ritual of it too. I love, I like the textures of the various cheeses, but huh. no. I wonder matter. how many, I wonder how many episodes we'll get through before somebody breaks the cheese trend because so far everybody has answered some variety of cheese. That's cheese funny. That's cheese funny. All right. Next up, Sad, we'll go left to right. Uh, but, oh, we already did it in the first one. What did you oh, not okay. listen to yeah. our first one? Our answer was unanimously cheese. Although mine <laughs> was cheese. mac and cheese, you'll know. Yeah, mine is now mac and cheese. Uh, oh good so, okay, yeah. so a person with good taste <laughs> all right i think that 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 was great thank you guys for coming renee and billy will absolutely be regular guests um we're going to bring on some some training clients as well to mix it up in the future here anybody have any closing thoughts before i move into the official closing thoughts i would like to give the official tally sarah six renee's <laughs> Seven moms. <laughs> You're lying. I feel okay. like I was so on it. Five billies, seven dads. No way. <laughs> I don't ever remember no you way. saying dad. Anyway. I'm just teasing. I was yeah, going to no, say, you, you did a good job. <laughs> There's no way I could have kept track and also been able to think and talk. <laughs> I, was, I was just teasing. But that was great. Thank you for having Let us. Her and, close. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. We'll definitely have you back. You're not off the hook. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Been There, Lost That podcast. Our motto here is do it right so you only have to do it once. If you're looking for personalized and customized programming to reach and sustain your health and fitness goals, check us out at www.teamfitwithme.com. Then complete the info on the contact page. You'll receive free resources and be able to set up your complimentary consult with me as well. All right, that's a wrap, guys. Bye. Thanks for having us. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.